and joining me as usual, uh, my my cohort in this endeavor, Eric Sayor. I'm scared something is going to come out of my computer screen at this point. <laughs> yeah, you're afraid a, a Lovecraftian entity is right behind you. Um, uh, yeah. Or just the existential nightmare that is the internet. <laughs> I mean, interchangeable terms. <laughs> uh just don't kiss yours um uh i i don't know why that decision uh that's a hint for something that we'll be talking about later um uh so yeah um i don't know if any of that was a good uh a good preview actually for what we're talking about uh but i'll just introduce it real quick we are talking about some japanese horror movies today um one older one and a couple uh a couple that are considered classics now um from the uh, late from the turn of the century i'll just say that um uh so yeah that's a that's the basic topic uh yeah. eric real quick what what did you think of the movies that we're covering today um uh i think i i mean two i think were great and one i kind of liked um, but, uh, I, th- I, it wasn't, <laughs> it, it feels like we, we kind of picked like movie, tried to pick movies of like two specific eras of like Japanese horror cinema when, um, mm. uh, when you look at like <laughs> some of like the classic lists without really taking themes into account and i kind of felt that while watching these movies i don't know if we'll maybe wrap around and manage to link them together but um it Mm. felt kind of all over the place in not a bad way necessarily but um i'm interested because you're the horror expert what's your like history if any with japanese horror i know we both both really like haosu but that's like Mm -hmm. but i consider it on the edge of horror that's like some of my only little experience with it uh, what about you? Yeah, that, that movie's yeah, that movie's on its own like weird island, but it's almost um, like an in between place for the earlier movie we watched and the newer movies we watched. If I had to put it somewhere, um, Japanese horror is um, kind of a blind spot for me, and that's that's kind of a running theme with the movies we picked this year. The movies that I wasn't necessarily well versed on. Um, and it was interesting to watch the original movies um, uh, that inspired this like string of remakes in the 2000s in the US um, and to watch something a little bit older um, and get a sense for how, uh, get a broader sense of what Japanese horror is and what their traditions are with horror. Because um, I really hadn't, explored a lot of it before this episode actually i to be honest i think i had watched more recent korean horror movies than i had seen any japanese horror before doing this um which is interesting because for those that don't know much about korean or japanese history or they haven't listened to our episode where we talk about um uh the handmaid uh is it the handmaid or is it the handmaid the handmaiden yeah, the handmaid, and, and yeah, uh, we've talked about like the whaling as well. Um, yes, um, there's a huge cultural back and forth between the the two countries, obviously. 
Um, and Korean horror is heavily influenced by Japanese horror. And that was clear to me watching um, yeah. Juwan um, specifically. Um, so it was, it, it's interesting to see all these things that I've seen in those Korean horror movies. Um, I will say the biggest sort of thing that I came away with is I've been terrified of these movies for a long time without having seen them and just having like the sense of, Oh, those movies are just way scarier and on a general level eerier than a lot of American horror movies. And I don't know what it was or why exactly I thought that. Um, yeah. Cause I'm going to say I, I, for me, it was the same. Like, I think we both we both grew up around the same time and in like the early two mm thousands -hmm. when these movies were kind of coming over and like uh, mm -hmm. these remakes were happening in like more like the mid two thousands I don't know we were like twelve thirteen and then it's like the rumors that the Japanese version is even scarier than the American version and that mm -hmm. uh, I mean I remember specifically. Uh, I mentioned like to you the ring before this movie, but I met, I remember like some friends talking about that movie and saying they hadn't slept for a week after watching it. Right. Uh, the American yeah. remake version, and then like someone saying, "Oh, they had to see the Japanese version is even scarier." And if you actually put the cassette in, you you maybe actually die. <laughs> It's like um, there definitely was like some like. Uh, mm. I don't know some like uh, uh, bigger than life uh, hearsay about like these Japanese movies, uh, especially like yeah. in a time before like they were readily available before the internet. Like it's like early early internet when downloading a movie would have taken <laughs> basically a full mm -hmm. day or something. Um, yeah. yeah. So so. Yeah, I expected these movies to be terrifying, honestly. And uh, I don't think they really were, but I think I understand how their imagery has affected, like, uh, has, like, remained. I think, like, The Grudge mm -hmm. is something that still is in my mind. And I think also part of it, maybe, is having not seen even the remakes, I did see Scary Movie, all those bad movies. Um, so I've seen parodies of American remakes of these movies. So, so that, that's like some of the imagery that's left with me. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it's interesting. I remember being scared of those parodies as well, just because the imagery was so strong. Um, and I do wonder if that's part of, maybe it's, it's like an inoculation to the <laughs> to the imagery like i it's just part of my dna now so i'm not yeah. quite as uh you know tortured by it um and i i got it out of the way young um but it's 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 curious to me yeah um i think it's worth getting into these movies and we can talk about um the a lot of the imagery when we get to joan especially because that's like I feel like the one that lives the most in the, in like our culture still, and like that still inspires um, mm -hmm. some modern imagery. But yeah, uh, and the soundscape also. The, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the first movie we we watched was um, uh, uh, Kuroneko, which um, 
is a ghost movie, a 1968 uh, ghost movie directed by Kaneto Shindo, uh, who of the late 60s, early 70s is considered like one of the greatest, like, I think you, there's like a, is it horror or is it more like ghost stories? It's something mm-hmm. in between. It, it, it's something like it's more like yeah, gothic. I think is the best way. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like I've heard people say, "Crimson Peak" isn't a horror movie; it's a gothic romance. And I, I think that would be a good um, nomer here. Japanese gothic, I guess. I'm sure there's another word for that, but um, I, I mean, I'll, I'll there's definitely here. like some um, some folk horror of the of the particular spaces in there as well i think uh but mm-hmm. yeah critical which means uh black cat um yeah. is a, a a samurai ghost story um set in feudal japan where um uh a, a woman and her daughter-in-law are um who live in a, like a small grove uh, are raped and murdered by um, some samurai after um, after what was a very bloody war, um, mm-hmm. and, and during uh, like a forest fire also. During yeah, the- it, so so it was a. I, I mean, I think they say like in the movie like all of it's. I think it's supposed to be set close to Tokyo, and they say Tokyo was all of Tokyo was on fire. Um, mm-hmm. So yep. they kind of like a, a a few men kind of survive it, and they, you see them like drinking like uh, from the grove and uh, getting in and eating, starting to eat their food, and then uh, just you see them basically succumbing to all their basic instinct without like care for the two women, without even talking to them. They like eat mm-hmm. their food, and then they rape them, and then they kill them, and set the house on fire. Um, and and just leave as if uh, they hadn't done anything. And this movie is kind of about that. It's a uh, mm-hmm. about how uh, it's it's like like a a movie about class where like the samurai can do whatever they want, and the uh, people in the fields, the actually the actual like uh, peasants, are have no power except they. In this case, they do because the two women return as ghosts and start murdering samurai uh, uh, left and right. Um, and that's like kind of the, the first part of the movie. Uh, and the second part is that uh, the woman uh, and the woman's daughter and uh, I mean the, the youngest woman's husband and who's also the son of the older woman um, mm. He returns from the war like successful a hero and is tasked with uh, fighting and destroying whatever is killing all the samurai, in this case the ghosts. And yeah. um, and he kind of has these encounters with his uh, with the ghost of his wife, who um, who surrenders her ghosthood to have <laughs> a few nights with him. And then uh, fights the actual spirit that's possessing, uh, that's taking the body of his mother. Um, 
and, and until uh, I mean fights it to the death basically. Mm-hmm. It's a. Uh, what did you think about the movie? Um, I think it's a pretty compelling movie. Um, it's it's well made. Um, and um, I like the concepts that it lays out. Uh, I, I think it gives a good sense of um, what I assume uh, the Japanese point of view about ghosts and the afterlife is on just like a very basic level. Um, so it serves a lot of functions. It 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 was interesting seeing you know it. it I mean, it's it's a movie set around a gate. Um, uh, very similar to Rashomon. It, uh, there's even a, the gate is even similarly named. Um, I can't remember the exact name off the top of my head, but, um, I like the way that it uses, um, uh, I mean, a lot of like old practical effects, but, uh, it's also doing a lot of like sixties style camera work. It, it, it's interesting. It feels like a very strange in between, um of like uh, 60s movies being made like in french new wave style and like old school horror movies um from like the golden age of hollywood style and like the godzilla movies we've talked about um and, and that mix of things made it extremely charming to me um and i just like the baseline lore that they do in the movie um but i I've uh, I'm I would be hard pressed to say that I love this movie or that I would ever consider coming back to it, but I I am glad that I watched it so that I have some additional context. Um, yeah, yeah, that's sort of like yeah. the, the very yeah. baseline of how I feel. Yeah, about that it. makes sense. I, I I honestly really like this movie. It's it's uh it's kind of the it's a kind of movie I just like love putting mm-hmm. on. Um. Uh, just in general, um, I think I, I I like what you said about like the style of this movie because you get a lot of um, uh, of like a wired samurai fighting because mm-hmm. um, in this movie, contrary to the other two movies we're gonna talk about, people <laughs> actually try to fight the ghosts. Like you have a duel between a samurai and a ghost who is like floating away and like like jumping around a room or jumping around a forest, and it's mm-hmm. there's actual like physicality there. Like it's it it, it feels like a um, very it still feels like a samurai movie in that way. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it, it felt like that. It, it it felt like we were doing a part three for. Kurosawa series yeah. that we did last year. It, it felt very much in that uh, tradition as much as part of the horror tradition. Um, and like, I like the fact that the, the ghosts are still kind of limited. They still have to follow certain rules. Like they can't just like a, appear and disappear <laughs> seemingly. Um, yeah, I, I kind of well. love a horror movie that has like rules and that kind of defines it. And then, it kind of hints at like a larger version of that because so you mm-hmm. get those the two ghosts they can only appear at night and they um they talk about how they made a pledge that they would kill uh, they would still be able to come back as ghosts until they kill every single samurai 
and mm-hmm. the the daughter the 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 uh the spouse uh the daughter-in-law um renounces uh her pledge and is given seven days and then is sent to hell to mm-hmm. because she she chooses her love over her pledge that she made to that they both made to what is supposed to be a demon um and or a god i think <laughs> i think it's yeah, something in between I think lines are a little bit blurry for the, yeah. yeah but like cuz later in the film you get um gintoki who's the uh the samurai that's returned from the war and he is uh he has to do a purification ritual which, where he has to stay seven days in a shrine and just wait until um and be purified of after cutting off uh, a limb off the the ghost of his the ghost that takes the form of his uh mother mm-hmm. and and the uh, uh, you hear the spirit try to get in at first and just like hitting the walls but the it can never get it can't get in because the shrine is protected by another god who is maybe stronger than it or is maybe like or maybe that this is like where the limit of it, its domain is i kind of mm-hmm. love stuff like that um yeah. in this kind of movie um i think i think um the parts that really make the movie work for me i think is like uh the the politics of it all where you get you have because you're it's set in tokyo and you have the emperor who has this um the head of the samurai and the like this the samurai hates the hates the nobles like even the head of the samurai who's the most like powerful militarily, but has no actual real freedom because he just works for the emperor. And also always complaining about the freedom of the emperor. And then you get the peasants who the samurai thing, they're nothing. They have no value. They can do whatever they want with them. Um, and their job for the samurai is only to worship them and to because they're the one protecting them. Mm-hmm. And the the you get a lot of like class stuff that's very like uh, kind of comedic in how it's set up because it's like mm-hmm. people complaining and then he's getting a massage and saying, "Oh, these peasants are always sitting on their ass." Well, uh, well, we do all the work, but you don't see him doing any work in the movie. He's just like assigning other samurai to do the job for him. <laughs> yes. It's, 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 it's really, I think that whole setup and that whole like, um, real like class division is, it's so, um, interesting in samurai movie. And it's so like, uh, when it's well used, like it is in this movie, we talked about it a lot when we talked about Kurosawa and seven samurai, cause that's a movie that's all mm-hmm. about that. Um, um in a way um all about the, the class division between samurai and um peasants um yeah. i use the word peasant specifically because that's what's used in the movie not because i'm yeah <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. that's that's the way it's described but yeah uh 
and for me all that stuff really worked and then the visual visually this movie looks really good it's yeah. in uh it's in black and white and like all the shots of like um ethereal shots of ghosts and then the um, the use of camera in those scenes specifically i think all that's really great um, yeah it, i i agree on all like the political stuff like i love the i love the the guy with the mustache who he's addressing and he's like well why would they ever why would they ever hate the samurai the samurai only protect them <laughs> they're only they are only noble like the moments like that really really played and i think that they they kind of play now really well for many reasons <laughs> um uh, and yeah stuff like that and i agree like all of the the style of the movie is just very cool um there are many frames of this movie that i would put well, that i would put in a frame and that i would hang on a wall um because some of them are very well done and then there's just parts that are just eerie lots of good use of camera work um you know moments where like you're following one of the ghosts and she's like floating um in a way that's not very obvious but it's just kind of eerie um uh very um coppola dracula-esque um and just like a lot of stuff that just makes it generally a very entertaining watch um yeah uh and i i did spend a lot of my time and you brought it up earlier thinking of this movie in comparison to house and like how similar the story are stories are in terms of plot um it leads me to assume that this is basically an entire genre um or that this is like a story archetype um i i would assume so because they are very similar they both seem to be um i mean you could say this about a lot of japanese movies they seem to be about world war ii in one way or another um house more directly um but there are similar aspects uh, a woman waiting for a man to come home um or a woman and her family waiting for a man to come home and where things go with one movie change or, or it's different from one to the other um but just like the general structure of it is similar enough for me to just keep thinking about it and then the cat as like this image um this visual that keeps coming back and back um so yeah that's that's something that i was thinking about how the two movies are in many stylistic ways opposite but they're they're similar enough um that i, I would be curious um to do like to dig deeper into this era of Japanese horror and maybe find other sort of haunted house movies similar to this um, or haunted forest haunted village, I guess would be the best way to describe it um, because it, it is entertaining enough for me to want to watch more stuff that is a, that is a, a akin to this. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it's interesting because the black cat, I think from what I remember, is not uh, considered necessarily bad luck in Japan like it is like in culture mm -hmm. here. Um, yeah. But it is an image that comes back in the next movie as well. Um, yeah. I think, I, I mean, I think the, the... Cats in general, I think, are just, in, uh, I think they just have like a different vibe from what I can tell. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, I I don't really probably because of the space, but 
Japan doesn't really feel like a big dog country. No. Probably because there's no, no uh no dogs on like native, I think, to Japan or maybe very little and um cats. Yeah. Necessarily yeah, are. Yeah. Um I I, I mean, I, I kind of, I don't know if you want to, you did watch another movie from that director. Uh, do you want to talk about it briefly or do you want to move on? Yeah, I, I mean, I could talk about Oni, Oni Baba just a little bit. Um, it's, that movie's, both movies are, I, I would call um fables. Um, um, like they're, they're very much stories with a, a point to them, but that one specifically is like a, um, it's almost like a biblical story onibaba in terms of just like the uh you get what you sow type thing almost like in a like an american noir movie um and that one is also i think dealing with a lot of political stuff it's about a, a mother and daughter killing samurai um uh, <laughs> uh only they're doing it just just the old fashioned way um, and they're stealing their stuff and selling it for millet um, to survive. Um, and their son was believed to have died in a war. There, there are similar plot elements. I think that's another reason that I was like, we can cut this. Um, <laughs> we don't need to both see this. Um, but uh, that movie is um, much more of a drama, very period piece. Um well acted, I would say. Um, it's definitely something worth watching on your own time. Um, but uh, yeah, I, there's not a lot I would really take away from it for what we're going to be talking about down the line. Um, other than it does add more of that cultural context that I was talking about that you get in Kuroneko. Just the way that um, uh, Japanese culture views hell and demons uh, and the sort of physical space that they give them. Um, and this, the aspect that spirits are sort of uh, manifestations of revenge or greed or love, um, which is a, I think that's a good, uh, a good segue actually into Juwan. Um, uh, Cause the grudge opens, I believe with like a, like a crawl or not even a crawl, just like a little, is it like a title card? Uh, yeah. Um, where yeah, it's... I, yeah, I think it's not. Yeah. It, uh, I mean, a, an opening card, I guess is what I would, yeah. would call it. Um, I didn't take a note of what it said. Um, uh, yeah, I, I only point out because it has been in, like it's been part of the marketing for other garage movies as well. But basically, a spirit that is in a an intense state of yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, it it says uh, when a person dies with a deep and powerful rage, a curse is born, mm-hmm. and then you get probably the the more most visceral images I think in the whole movie in the opening scene. I think, uh, to me at least, like n- not the scariest or the most marking, but like you you do get like some imagery of uh, what you later learn in the movie is like a, f- uh, a father that murdered his wife and child. Um, 
and uh and then kill himself and like there's stuff with like a razor blade and i don't know about you but razor blades is one of those things that kind of just like <laughs> make really make my skin crawl um and it's it's just like flashes of imagery but it's like mm-hmm. immediately really intense and then the movie comes down um and yeah and uh and you get to the actual plot of it all which is like the consequences of the curse um I don't know, the opening marked you in the same way it did for me, but... It's it's certainly the stuff that, like, uh, it immediately had my attention. Um, and I was thinking about that for the rest of the movie. Like, how, what ways is that going to reverberate throughout the movie? And it was, it was, um, you know, like we were talking about earlier, these movies definitely left a, a mark on us as, as, as people. <laughs> And on our, our pop culture knowledge, um, and like seeing, like, oh, okay, well, that becomes that thing that is also part of my pop culture, uh, and that that evolved into that, and like seeing that there is a cat, which I I didn't remember because I had seen the the American remake of The Grudge years ago, um, so I didn't remember if that was in that movie, but seeing like it's a little boy holding a cat and that evolves into the little boy mimicking the cat when he's a ghost and all of those things. Like it was, it, it was a great opening to sort of set up the movie um, regardless of whether or not you've seen it before. It just gives you all these pieces that are very um, interesting. And like you said, like just very um, uh, attention grabbing and scarring in some places. Um, and I agree like the, the in just the insinuation of razor blades um is something that was very interesting to me um and it just a general note about this movie is it's not super graphic i found um in comparison to my memories of the american remake which not, in my uh... head is like super graphic there's like super crazy gore in the american remake yeah um, the, the opening scene. That's why I, I mentioned specifically the opening scene because the rest of the movie is. Uh, I don't know if it, "tame" is the right word, but like in terms of gore, um, mm-hmm. it's not a movie about the kills <laughs> at mm-hmm. all. Um, to get yeah. into the so, so the movie itself is uh, told through multiple characters. I don't yeah. need I don't think necessarily we need to get. We'll get through the whole plot because it's told kind of out of order, and you follow a character, and then you follow the character that find found their body. Uh, but the main story, the main plot is that uh, there's this house where uh, the the killing we mentioned at the beginning of the movie happened, mm-hmm. um, and every every time someone goes in the house. Uh, they get haunted by the spirit. Uh, you see throughout the movie mostly the spirits of the boy and of uh, the mother. Uh, so they get like haunted by the spirit and followed wherever they go uh, until they um, get killed, basically. Yeah. Um, but you don't really see how they get killed. They just like they talk about. You get them. Most of the time, it's like kind of shown like you, the you see the image of like the person put face to face with the the spirit, and then uh, it cuts, and then 
people talk about uh, how they died and mm-hmm. late and uh, or they and, just disappear That's yeah the or one. they just disappear yeah exactly mm-hmm. and and people that are killed through these means uh sometimes come back as spirits themselves but i think the the limits of the hauntings is kind of this movie is interesting because it has like no real rules so it's hard to like (laughs) kind of uh, limit it Like, like as soon as someone goes into the house the the spirits follow them so if anyone that interacts with them following that can also be a victim of the curse Um, yes and uh, and... i know later movies kind of expanded on this further where the curse also comes to the location that that person died in oh yeah Um, but uh, yeah um and i i guess that there were other movies before this one i i we don't need to go into detail but the the juan movies are like an entire cinematic universe (laughs) it's just like a large expansive universe that uh so so um this movie is directed by uh takashi shimizu who um made two like kind of student filmish like a shot on a like handheld camera i think Mm -hmm. version of this movie and i think it's sequel um and then kind of these movies got some popularity and he uh, got to uh, remake them kind of like as actual movies. And then he directed the American remake of it as well. So if you look at uh, Takashi Shimizu's filmography, uh, there's a lot of (laughs) grudge movies in there. Yes, and the newest show that's on... Netflix that is also by Takashi Sumizu, um, which is like a 10 episode show, which is before the movies. Um, so yeah, like he's touched almost every thing related to the grudge, except for the newest remake. And I think the third American movie that they made. Um, so yeah, he's got a, he's got a lot of work in this, in this, uh, continuity in the, in these, with these characters. Um, but yeah, this movie, um, there are a lot of things that I really, um, still found super interesting about it. Um, I like that it answers the question. Why don't you just call the cops? Um, in this case, well, you call the cops and then, then all the cops die. <laughs> cops, security guards, they, they all get taken or just, or killed by the curse in some way. um, and I think that there's something about that that just adds this extra level of scare because there is no safe place. There's no, there's no church you can go to. And that just like takes care of it. Um, and yeah, that's, that's an aspect of it that I really uh, found compelling. Um, and then um, I like the multiple plot lines because you you get the sense of like an impending dread for all of these characters. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I, I think it works and then it kind of, at a point it doesn't anymore because you get kind of, uh, I don't know, 
uh, not bored, but kind of... Uh, uh, it's hard to invest emotionally in a character, in a new character that you're going to see for 10 minutes, an hour into a movie. Uh, mm-hmm. That's that's kind of my feeling. And I think, I, I wish it was more... Um, I think they do, they do a good job of making like all these characters... Uh, linked together mm-hmm. um i especially like so the policeman so she go they go to the police at some point and they bring back an old policeman who quit the force who's the only one that survived on his task force um and he kind of goes in the house and then he eventually dies and then you have his daughter years later who's all who kind of like oh has already been in the house and with some other girls who are all dead and it's haunted by them as well it i, I kind of like that stuff mm-hmm. but i think it's just it's harder with a movie made like this where it's like you're following different characters who have not to mm-hmm. criticize but like very little personality uh yeah, and they're, they're very they're not... just very similar people also. Like they're just not um yeah, like they're not all distinctive individuals. There are a couple of characters who I was like, is this the person that I've already met at a different time just because like their job wasn't different enough or who they were wasn't different enough? I mean, most like... of the time it is. <laughs> that, that that's the thing. Like, yeah. most of the time in this movie, it's like people will meet each other and then call each other by name but because you have so many names and you're like not sure when what you're watching is happening mm-hmm. it's like hardness sometimes to make the uh, the connections but i think most of the time it does a good job of being yeah of like crossing these stories but um yeah i guess it's missing like sure. some yeah. visual indicators um Maybe yeah. some like uh, yeah, like I, I think yeah. I think like in in like giving more characters more like physical personalities or just like general personalities because mm-hmm. you get very little of like talking. This movie is very short, so it's like a lot of like standing in and being haunted basically. Um, yeah. But I I think it mostly most of uh, it works. I think a lot of the imagery in this movie is really like immediately you see why it persisted i think mm-hmm. um i mean i don't think um the exorcist invented stairs in movies but like i think there's a, a lot of, a lot of this movie that's like lot, some image of this movie is d- directly taken from the exorcist and then built on top yeah. of that like um like the when you see the spirit coming down the stairs, that's like okay, that's like just that scene from The Exorcist, and it's still really good. Um, but mm-hmm. all those creepy shots from down the stairs with the um, those bottom of the stairs windows, which like are not something <laughs> you usually see in houses. So, I mean, if you've never seen this movie, yeah. there's this thing where like. Characters are on the first floor, and you see on the second floor there's like a balcony, but like there's a kind of a window in the balcony that's like at like feet height, and 
the you yeah. see the the little boy uh looking through it and like that's some like imagery that's like really bigger than the movie <laughs> almost mm-hmm. I feel like yeah the, yeah that boy specifically i think is yeah. is um yeah he he carries some weight with him um yeah and uh, him and the cat noise um or the maybe two of the most iconic things from this movie um yeah um and i agree like the stair the staircase stuff like there's this repetition of it and there's this sort of like natural pacing that a staircase gives you to a scene um and this like sense of just like i was saying just like oncoming unstoppable dread that just follows you um yeah like all all, all that stuff is just like very eerie and very effective still um yeah and i i i can see why it was copied like a million times um not even just through the remakes but other movies that also saw those movies and took inspiration um uh yeah yeah um yeah. yeah. Um let's see. Uh I, I do want to point out a couple moments that I really like. Um I really like the girl who's haunted by her schoolmates segment, um, and the way that that ends. Um uh that she's just like pulled into the shadows, um, and like this just being surrounded by ghosts. Um, but it has very much the feel of like a zombie movie at the same time like this movie does feel like um every segment sort of evokes another major horror movie this is something i'm just now thinking of (laughs) as we're talking about it you just mentioned the exorcist in one segment this one kind of feels like sort of uh night of the living dead dawn of the dead-esque um like they all feel like they're evoking different other horror movies but putting it through this one specific lens and i think it's interesting that it that it does that um yeah um but i really like that segment and the way that it ends i i did think i did want to ask you though the two faces in the back of that buddhist shrine were those supposed to be as bright as they were were they supposed to be obvious cutouts or or was it as bright on your on your version, the, the, the faces of the of the father and the daughter. <laughs> yes, were those, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, uh, I think it's supposed to be, and I think it uh, also because the, um, I mean, a, a movie at the time when it's released in 40p, it has to be pretty, like a pretty good image to, I, I don't know, to sh- be shown really well, and then. <laughs> And then uh, on a 10 <laughs> on a 4K version or 1080p version, we watch years later. It just looks too good. It just looks like two pieces of paper. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't the only one because I was like, it's okay, still no, an it, eerie it, image. I don't think it looked faces, like pieces. But... <laughs> uh, okay, it didn't look like pieces of paper to me. It looked it looked fine. It did to look me. like. The... <laughs> I'm not saying it looked bad, but they looked like pieces of paper. I could see the cut the cut line. I could see where they were like cut out with scissors. Um, I still love it. I still think it's a great way to just have a character like she disappears and then you zoom in and she's not there. Like very well done, but they look like <laughs> they looked like paper to me. And I thought I saw the strings. Um, that might just be the version that I was watching, um, which I believe was on Amazon or one of the channels on Amazon. Um 
but yeah, it might be that my brightness on my TV is up too high. Um, who knows? Um, but no, like a very, I thought that was a very effective moment because I didn't, I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't expecting the ghost to come out of the Buddhist shrine. Um, and I don't think that that moment is in the, the remake of the first movie. Um, cause I believe that section is put into the second American movie. Um, so yeah, like it was a, it was a, an effective scare still, um, that I think really works. So, um, um, yeah, um, I, it, I guess it, what it, would your favorite be if you had one, uh, one of the segments, um, or... I, I really like the ending of the movie. I really liked like the walking down the, mm. the, the, the creature coming down the stairs and then, um, kind of the. Yeah realization and you're following the character you that's from the beginning of the movie um and yeah. then it's the the first time you see i mean you have the kind of the reveal of the 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 curse of the dad who is also still there um because you you never really see him throughout the movie he's not there um mm-hmm. up until the very end and he's like He's like not shown as a ghost. He's just shown as like a, like a violent man who's the kind of the cause of all this. Um, I think that 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 just like final mm-hmm. image that feels like it. It the ending kind of ramps up the kind of the supernatural, and then you just get kind of the image of a violent man about to murder a young woman, mm-hmm. which is kind of how the movie starts as well. Uh, yeah. I think that's I, I yeah. think that's just uh, that part really worked well, and all, the whole thing with like uh, Rika, I kind of like when he she's like kind of getting lunch with her friend and stuff like that. It's it's like those yeah. little things that kind of um, I, I I also like really like the part with the security guard and how you see him disappear and like the use of yeah. um, the kind of the use of technology in this movie is is pretty good and i kind of i feel like really brought on a lot of ring comparisons uh because ring came out mm-hmm. the ring came out like uh four years prior i think um and that's i mean that's the television movie uh <laughs> i mean in the yeah. minds of most like um so using that in this in this in this way uh um I don't know. For me, those parts kind of really the glitch out stuff and like I I always like like technology being used in this way. And but it's kind of how like every time the technology is used in this movie is kind of different. Uh, and it's kind of my point from the beginning is this movie doesn't really have any like rules for how the like the haunting is explained, mm-hmm. but like how like there's no. It's, I like that there's just no escape. Like, it's like, whatever they try mm-hmm. to do, it'll just come to them at some point and they'll die. Everyone dies. Um, yeah. It's either going to burn through everybody that touches it or it's just going to keep on going forever. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's also this, you also, um, in the segment with the, with the daughter that you mentioned, I really like mm-hmm. how they show the mother uh, and she mm-hmm. looks like she's gone she she looks like she hasn't slept 
since the beginning of the movie, which is like years prior. Like she just looks like completely defeated yeah. by life and like kind of yeah. like she maybe made it a little bit over her husband's like continued suffering and eventual death uh, by like just like living for her daughter and then now her daughter is going through the same thing and she's like she feels defeated she reminds me a lot of um um sarah palmer in twin peaks the return um yeah yeah i can see that yeah there's, yeah, there's that, a little that, bit of twin peaks throughout this movie actually like with the dad seeing through time to his uh yeah to the, yeah to the daughter yeah yeah um, but yeah, the mom um, stuff is yeah. She's very um, she, yeah. She's very effective as like the tired, destroyed mom. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I think that's just a little detail that really um, really gives like that whole thing a weight for that family because that's the only only character you see so much in the future, and you see just, you only get to mm -hmm. see like the she was too young to remember, and now she the. the seeing the effect in the mom was pretty i think pretty hard um as a as a mm. as a just as just a, a small couple of moments uh with her um yeah i think i'm ready to move on to the to next movie which yeah uh i thought was really really good i thought the best of the bunch i don't know how we the last movie we watched was pulse um uh, Directed by um, Kiyoshi Kurosawa, uh, who is a director that's like uh, considered uh, by many like one of the best modern working like uh, horror directors in Japan, especially. Um, uh, he's he often has movies playing at uh, Fantasia Festival, which happens here. Uh, I think they gave him an award or something some year, uh, just like a kind of a lifetime thing. Um, but yeah, he, this movie, I think was really like, well, one of like one of those movies that really got to me. Uh, I don't know how you felt about it. Um, I, I thought it was very good. Um, I, I do want to give a little bit of context. Uh, uh, to the movie um so for those that still have not listened to any phantom zone stuff um connor mcgraw has been telling me to watch this movie for five years um <laughs> he has hyped it up as his favorite movie as one of his favorite movies and a movie that like changed him as a person <laughs> um uh so there's a little bit of like Oh, well, I'm expecting this movie to be the biggest movie I've ever seen, <laughs> to be like the most important thing I've ever seen. Um, it was not that for me, um, but I was very impressed by a lot of what this movie does with, I think, a budget that isn't good enough for the concept, but we can get into that more later. Um, there's nothing quite as bad as the paper cutouts, but uh, there's some stuff in here that's like, oh, I would love them to make I would be fine if the same director just remade this with more money because um, <laughs> there's some stuff that's a little janky, but I think what it makes up for with the jankiness is like this very distinct style 
um, a very good concept. Um, and I think the first half of the half of the movie is some of the creepiest stuff I've seen in any horror movie ever. Um, some just like truly eerie and unsettling moments um, that I really, really enjoyed. Um, and I, I think this is maybe the best movie of the three, or at least the one that, you know, if anybody is listening to this, looking for suggestions like of what to watch, uh, this is one that I would definitely say, watch this. So you, so you have it, uh, have the, uh, the knowledge of it. Um, because yeah, there's just like, so much interesting stuff in this movie. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, um, it's, yeah, I don't know. I, I, for me, the, 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 the first half is a lot of like strong and creepy imagery. And then the second half is like, kind of destroyed me. Like, just watching the whole world mm-hmm. fall apart. Let's get into what this movie is about, right? So, so this this is mm-hmm. a movie about kind of uh, the internet. Uh, it, it's a, the internet in two thousand one. Let's say um, it's like yeah. two two uh, parallel stories where you have uh, Michi who is like uh, who's who's just like. Uh, young woman who's working in um, in a flower, uh, like a, on the rooftop where they like I don't know I think they study flowers and plants. That's kind of my understanding. It's not super mm. important. Um, yeah, and and she um, she has to get a computer disc from one of her colleagues that hasn't like come to work, and goes there, and the man basically kills him killed himself. And when they look at the computer disk, it kind of shows some images set in his apartment. Uh, that's an image that's like kind of looping on itself where you see the computer screen, the guy, the man next to the computer screen, and in the com- on the computer screen, in the image, you see like the same image again and again. Kind of like uh, when you have like two face-to-face mirrors, that's that kind of effect, like... Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it has a <laughs> it has a name, but that's that's what it is. <laughs> and at the same time, you get like yeah. uh, Yosuke, who's like a kind of a, uh, who's a student um, who can who logs into the internet for the first time, and uh, by he's signing to so he's signing to <laughs> I need to mention it a, a service provider called Your Anus, which. <laughs> I don't know why they call it that, but that was it was with an at instead of an a. Um, but yeah, so and so when he as soon as he signs in, the the computer is showing him like different like basically uh, I don't know like it's kind of like uh, it feels like Twitch in a way where he's like watching like what looks like a live streaming of like people's apartment in front of computers uh, or no without computers, just people in their apartment who are like moving on the loop. And then he, it, he has like the image who says, do you want to speak to a ghost? Um, yeah. And, and he, so 
his story is that he's trying kind of to figure out what is happening and like uh, becomes friendly with uh, um, a postgraduate computer science student called uh, Harry and um, together they kind of investigate it, investigate what's happening. And what you understand is happening is like through this movie has a lot of lore and I don't know if it's worth mm-hmm. getting into all of it. So, <laughs> so the, the, there's like multiple moments where like characters are kind of explaining what is happening, but I think it's like interpretation of what's happening. It's like possibilities. Yeah. So there's the student who's saying, what if like too many people are dying and uh, the, the heaven is full, like the place where spirit go, it's full. So spirits have to remain on this world. And then later in the movie, like a character guesses, like if the spirits are remaining on this world, they wouldn't be trying to kill us to send more spirits to the spirit world because there's too many people there. They would be trapping us here with them. Mm-hmm. So the assumption kind of is that through the internet um people people are kind of being shown this imagery like people that are um showing this shown this imagery and like driven to kind of uh this kill themselves and disappear in like a kind of a limbo realm that's shown on the computer screens where they're kind of stuck in the loop and doing nothing and they kind of and their bodies have kind of disappeared and left a mark and it's kind of that's that's more or less what's happening <laughs> i don't know if that, that explanation made sense yeah yeah, it, it's pretty close, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that's pretty. That's close to how I figured it. It's also just like wherever you are, also you sort of like leave a, a stain, essentially, yeah. and it, yeah, and when the, especially when they like touch you or like grab you, um, they sort of like start to cause you to break down. Um, it's a very eerie concept, um, and it's handled really well. Um, the way that like just entire you'll have these settings that are filled with like life and like people doing things. And then when you revisit a setting, it's like all the life in that room is gone because of the people who have disappeared there and because things are in shambles. And yeah, it's just like a, it's, it's a very effective uh, movie for like using setting and background to um, demonstrate how things have progressed or changed um you know repeating shots that just in one setting like you get a sense of the i don't remember if they say exactly where this is set do they say tokyo or kyoto or anything specific i, I, can't I don't think they remember. i don't think they uh, do uh i don't uh i mean it's set in a specific place and then it's set everywhere because 
by the yeah. end of this movie, there's no one left. Like people one by yes. one yeah. disappear. And like the second half of this movie, you're following characters in a like a world that's getting more and more empty until they're like walking or driving yeah. down like some of the busiest street that there's just no one. Uh, yeah. Uh, like even up until the end, you see like a a plane crash and there's like nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there's it's just like general emptiness, and it it's interest it's interesting that like certain sequences will have like real on location shots um and then notably like when they're on a bus and you're in the bus it's like old school like rolling of of a uh, rolling of a back projection of like a street but it's in i assume it's intentionally not lined up well to give you this like weird sense of uncomfortableness or unease. Um, and there's like a very, uh, a, a very obvious um, a matte painting background of like a city, um, uh, like a cityscape that uh, the, uh, the young college student character uh, is walking down quite a bit. Um, and like I was saying, like it just uses the difference of lighting and shading and like how many people are walking um so you have two different shots that are exactly the same but where they happen in the movie just gives this like very different sense of um loneliness or despair um it's it's very good with that kind of stuff with the uh, with setting up shots or repeating shots that at different times in the movie give you completely different feelings and emotions um so yeah like it's effective on that level and then i just i just think like general just use of eerie imagery that like it predates a lot of like the um creepy pasta stuff i mean it, it inspired a lot of the creepy pasta stuff um but like the way that you have these these moments that feel like something you would find on like a a 4chan or a reddit randomly like late at night like it just it sets those moments up and they're just like frames that are so still that you're not sure if you're looking at just like a a picture or not um or if you're actually looking at something being filmed and there's this like uneasy stillness in multiple parts of the movie um that is uh, that is extremely effective um, yeah yeah I think what's um what what's I think the most horrifying of this about this movie is that like there's no threat right mm-hmm. so how people die is that they enter what is called the forbidden room where a tape is put on a door. Red tape is put all around the door. And then when the door is open, it is, it access a realm where spirits, ghosts, I'll say ghosts exist, mm-hmm. but the ghosts are not like, I don't know. The ghosts aren't a physical danger. They just exist. And it's almost like the, existential realization of the ghosts existing is what like drives people to 
killing, basically killing themselves. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, it's... like yeah, there's a yeah, exactly. Like there's a character who, until she believes what is happening, she seems fine, and then when she does, she just like runs away in a panic. Um, yeah, uh, it it's uh, yeah, it's like the the acknowledgement of what's happening is is the thing. Um, and it's very unsettling. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but I mean, the, yeah, the room I, I, that you go into and yeah. Yeah. All that, all that stuff in the room is like, just like, even especially the moment at the, at the end, like the first time you, you enter the room, the way that scene is shot and framed and with the low lighting, the low lighting that goes, that gets like, brighter and then gets darker all that stuff is just shot incredibly well and is incredibly effective um and the scene where uh kyosuke at the end faces the ghost is also like one of those that's like kind of terrifying because he's like so this movie he's like even when faced with a ghost i won't believe that a ghost exists and then he touches it and it's like the the realization and the acceptance and the the feeling of how he's he's basically damned by that point uh, to die and disappear even though he's like trying to push himself to make it true he's basically becomes nothing like everyone will end up disappearing it's uh, I think all that stuff just just fantastic yeah 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 I agree. <laughs> Strong I mean, agreement. Like a lot of it's just very effective. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the I think also a piece that's really important in this movie is like um, I, there's a lot of like kind of pe- character making like philosophical speeches, um, and the mm-hmm. first the first one, which is when the it's like at Michi's work and she's talking to her boss and he she's like. Is he acting weird? Should I go see him? And he's like, uh, I don't remember the line exactly, but he's like, I like even friends can't really touch each other, and like, you'll you can just like make it worse, and that's what friends do. Like the the feeling of loneliness, even with like friends or the walls they said even with friends can sometimes can't go away and things can just be worse and it's a movie that's about like l- like um like just loneliness as an epidemic like uh and mm-hmm. reinforced by the existence of the internet even like in its early stage uh like i don't yeah. know for for both of us uh the internet is a has been like a tool that we've for us that we've made to make friends with people, build relationships, uh, create yeah. real connections. But it's like um, this is more like a of a warning of like in a world where people become kind of um, feel already more separated than prior. Like having something that the, like the internet that gives like kind of an maybe a, an image of being in contact with the world can just like drive people further and further in like their loneliness and until there's basically no one on the street anymore. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. I, I really yeah. like that stuff and like how there's the movie like talks about it like in its actual language there, there's also the um the computer program which the post grad student created or the graduate student created where like two points will kind of when they come into contact with each other will like slide off each I don't remember I don't know if you remember better than me Th that specific yeah, thing that's uh... also like Yeah, it's like a projection, right? Like, and it. My understanding is that it's meant to be, um, it's meant to be like an equation for like how, um, how two objects interact with each other. like in its most basic level, yeah. like how just how things interact with each other, how they touch each other, and how the energy like causes the thing to go, and like entropy, and all these other like big concepts and like a, a simulation of all that stuff. And one of the conclusions that they come to is like, because two points can like create an after image that that after image and that after image can like continue the, like, is that a simulation for how people are? And is that a, a, a comparable to how ghosts might work? Um, like there's a lot of stuff like that where it's, it's a question that they don't necessarily give a definitive answer to, but it's relevant to what the movie is about. So it almost, it doesn't give you like a rule, but it informs your thinking of how, um, uh, of how the things or of, of how the, the internet and the ghosts in this movie work. Um, and I think it's really interesting that like they they use questions like that, really well to inform the audience about what's going on, but to also leave things vague. Um, uh, and vagueness can be interesting if it's handled correctly. Um, yeah. And I, I think it's used well here um, throughout the movie. Um, like this, this sense of, of, um, you know, uh, only touching part of an elephant while blindfolded. Um, yeah, <laughs> very old, very uh, worn metaphor there, but I think people know what I mean. Like, the, and I, before we started talking about this, uh, and I think maybe I can't remember now, um, I mentioned like there's a, there's something Lovecraftian about it. And I, and I think that that's very much in the movie, like the sense of something bigger than you that is causing your downfall or your doom um uh, that is aiding in this sort of like loss of desire to continue existing um it's it, it's an interesting approach to it because it gives it this really it, it takes this very cosmic idea and kind of grounds it in an interesting way um that I don't know if I've actually seen anywhere else. So, um, yeah, yeah, it was very, uh, yeah. yeah. I, th I think a lot of like the loneliest, the loneliness stuff is what really got to me. Like the, how like this movie portrays the human connection as, and kind of like, uh, human connection and loneliness as not something that things that are not opposed but things that are kind of 
live together because like even if mm. you're with someone if you even you have friends it's like the loneliness can still exist and it's like there's there's always limit to what human connection can do for mm. one and uh i, I think that the all that's oh, a, i'm i'm glad why we didn't watch this movie in like april 2020 <laughs> to be honest because that would have been like probably one that didn't make me sleep for a few days um i think the movie yeah would have felt a little about, too real yeah yeah <laughs> yeah because it's kind of about like walk watching down the street and there's no one uh <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've been there yeah, doing exactly. COVID. Like, um, <clears throat> it's yeah. it's um, yeah, I, uh, and I think uh, how how did you feel about the ending of it all? Because for me, all these shots that are set in like <laughs> an empty world, and like you see it getting emptier and emptier, mm -hmm. and you can hear at first some like. Um, uh ambulances in the distance and like uh, sirens and stuff and at the end you see like a, a military plane crash um it's like the end yeah. of the world basically yeah go ahead um i i like the way all that's handled i i think it's but like i was saying sort of at the beginning of talking about this movie like they don't have the money to make that plane look good. <laughs> and I understand yeah. that there are reasons for that. Um, but I, I still think what it, it still sells it emotionally, which I think is the most important part. Like it gives you the emotional wallop of, Oh, this is really like the end because it's not one plane that's doing that there where there's one, there are hundreds, if not thousands of other planes that are also crashing in the same way. And like, there's this, overall sense of like uh, of a weight to everything and moments like that combined with like that room that one of them enters where it's just like these people who are in the process of breaking down but they haven't fully broken down yeah where they're like turning into like fleshy like partially fleshy kind of like almost burnt um like goo before they fully turn into the stains um like stuff like that and rooms full of people like that look like that just sell this sense of like um just impending just nothingness um that is just like really uh really eerie and creepy um yeah and i, I agree like if we had watched this uh, almost two years ago now <laughs> Yeah. Um, it would have been a very different feeling. I mean, even um, a, a yeah. year ago would have been bad for me. <laughs> like a, a year I, ago it, would have been awful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. a year ago they, they we, we I had a curfew. <laughs> like I couldn't go out mm -hmm. after eight PM. Like uh, different yeah. world. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. I'm, I, yeah. Uh, I think that's one that's gonna stay with me for a while. I, it kind of the it kind of reminds me a lot of like how the whaling got to me. Mm. Um, but I can I feel like I was way more depressed when I watched the whaling because that's a movie that I couldn't sleep 
for a couple of days after. I think I'll be fine on that end, but yeah, I really liked Bulls. Well, I mean, on that note, I, I, I was very broad earlier in the mentioning of Korean horror. Um, I, I think, like I was saying, Korean horror owes a lot to these movies. Um, I think The Wailing, after watching this, like, owes quite a bit to it. Um, and not even so much, like, in terms of, well, this scene reminds me of that scene, but there's just a general sense of, like, um, inescapability uh to everything in this movie that is also there in the wailing um and this like feeling the sense of um feeling the influence of something bigger than you is also part of that movie um yeah and just and a general sense of like light nihilism <laughs> um that I would that I would connect them to, and then I could go on and on with other movies that, uh, you know, other Korean movies that these movies reminded me of. Um, but I was wondering if there was something in general, any specific movie that you thought of um, differently after watching any of these movies, but this one particularly. Um, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, definitely. There's some of the stuff in The Willing that's. That that mm. feels at least partially influenced by uh, this uh, in like its general. I don't know. Generally, not really scene by scene, uh, because I think mm. those movies. I, I I mean I think like from what I've seen of like now Japanese horror and Korean horror. The way these movies are. Especially acted is very different. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot of a lot more um, over the topness in Korean horror in the ones in the movies I've seen mm -hmm. at least, um, and I think that's like yeah. kind of it, it's done. It's something I enjoy and something that I've known has like gotten some people just out of it completely seeing someone like really completely mm -hmm. break down uh which is not something you yeah you, you see which is not something that's done in the same way because in, like in in current mo horror movies i mean if you watch like the host or the wailing there's moments uh where like people mm -hmm. break down and it's ugly like and it's yeah. to the point that it's kind of almost it's 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 comedy almost because it's like so it, it it it's comedy in a way that like something real can be funny um and i i like i like that over the topness for if it feels like over the top for a movie mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like over the top for the real world that's that's what the that's i think uh something that current cinema yeah. is more willing to go uh in those places uh, whereas, like, uh, you see people break down in like American films, but um, mm -hmm. it's it's feels more tame. And when it goes like all the way, it's so noticeable. But it's more towards like anger usually that it goes towards like completely like mm -hmm. losing oneself and not understanding what's going on. 
Yeah, yeah, I definitely, I've observed that just in in Asian horror, honestly. Like, uh, I've seen a, quite a few, uh, quite a bit of Indonesian horror lately. Um, and I've noticed that as well in those movies. Um, just this sense of, like, um, complete, like, loss of um, uh, this, like, air about yourself um, that those movies are, that performers in those movies are willing to do. That, uh, that yeah, is just almost completely gone in a lot of Western American movies. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I could see the connection there. Um uh, I just have one f- other scene I want to point out, which is uh, uh, the moment where I was like, oh, this movie is going to be uh, at least very good uh, or very interesting is uh, the woman like slowly coming down the hallway moment that that's something that's going to be stuck in my head. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm not going to be able to unthink of that, um, you know uh very lynchian that moment um very uh the arm uh <laughs> but it, it quickly stops being that and just uh very eerie and it it it's it's similar to other movies from the sort of this general era of j horror but like it doesn't rely on like noises it's it's very quiet like she's not like doing like the cat noises like in the grudge um or like there's not like a lot of like tv static noises it's just quiet and it's just a woman coming at him and this is another thing that i really like is they don't overdo it with like makeup um for the most part or like special effects there's only one ghost that's like super visual effects to hell um and he's maybe my least favorite part of the movie. Um, but like, it's just like acting and like performance that sells the otherness of the, the ghosts in this movie. And I really appreciate yeah. that. Um, yeah. The one thing I mentioned about how I watched this movie, I watched it on Tubi. Um, oh which, yeah. <laughs> which I, I recommend there's ads, but I recommend it. It's a general when there's something on there, it's it's nice to see. But for this movie, because Tubi is like lower quality images, I think it worked even mm-hmm. better. It looked it looked this movie looks like very grainy, and I think it's for it. I mean, it mm-hmm. it, it and it has a color uh, color palette that's like er, like early two thousands, like not a like early digital i think but or or maybe not i don't know i'm really bad at saying well um how the movie is shot but it's like if it it has like yeah. very little color in in it in it and it's very grainy it yeah. looks like filmed some of it looks like uh filmed like on a almost on a handheld camera and stuff and i think that yeah. that um that almost works better if you're using a worse camera, a worse image. If you have I, I worse image quality, I guess. Yeah, the image is very blown out. I, if I had to guess, this is shot on like 16 millimeter or something. Um, yeah. And I, I only know this like specific look 
from other Japanese movies that I've seen from around this time period, which is a very small list of movies. Um, mm. Like I've seen like Godzilla movies from this time period that look exactly like this, um, that were filmed on the cheap um, in sequences. And they have like this very specific color palette, a very specific set of yellows and greens and um, very blown out, uh outdoor sequence scenes um but it does feel like it, it it feels very much like early video um with that sort of blown out thing that we noticed during our Soderbergh episode um but it's a very interesting look and I agree like seeing it in kind of low resolution doesn't hurt it um I don't know if like seeing a a, a 4k version of this um would necessarily help your your viewing um Watch it on like an old portable DVD player. <laughs> That's my suggestion. You'll really get the best experience. Yeah, um, watch it on a boat as well. The the yes, the, the yes, full uh, experience. Um, anyway, exactly. I highly recommend this movie. You should watch it. Um, you should also, if you watch it and you like it, send it. You can send us an email to losthorrorpodcast@gmail.com. Uh, tell us what you think. Tell us about your favorite Japanese horror movies. Um, you can also tweet at me uh, at Isayur and I'm the same on Instagram um, do you want to do any plugs yeah. I can transition to, uh, directly uh, tweet uh, I don't have Connor McGraw's <laughs> information up so I was going to say find Connor McGraw on all the social medias and tweet at him about how much you like Pulse or didn't like Pulse um, and don't tell him that I sent you. This is important. I want him to come to this conclusion naturally on his own. Because <laughs> uh, I know that he doesn't listen very often. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, go do that. And uh, follow me at the Phantom Zone. And uh, listen to all the stuff that happens there. Um, so yeah, that's 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 my plugs. Uh, um, yeah. We'll be back next week. Hopefully, with some uh, recently watched stuff, probably some spooky movies in there, and uh, very soon with more Bond. So, see you then. Yeah. Yeah, see ya. Uh, bye. bye. <laughs>